Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. Good morning. Welcome. It's summertime. I know I said that last week, but it is summertime. One more month and the little children go back to school. I know some of y'all are like, yes, thank you, Jesus. But anyway, good morning. I'm glad you guys are here. Thank you for joining us in this worship. God called us to worship, and you guys answered the call. Thank you. You can be seated. You know, I love that song. I I didn't look at the lineup this week, really. I mean, I kind of glanced at it. But that song is so amazing. It's so powerful. One line, one line, you got to remember. You got to set it down in your hearts and never forget it. Is that God has no rival. He has no equal. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. We think that enemy, the Satan, or the enemy of our soul, is the equal opposite of God. God has no equal. He has no rival. He is the most high, the most powerful creator of the universe. Never forget that. He has no equal. You know, today is our third Sunday in our um, sermon series, Strategic Warfare. And we've been talking about the supernatural realm and how it affects the natural world that we live in right now. And, you know, I know it's kind of hard for us sometimes to wrap our minds around. See, that's the devil trying to stop the word of God. No, no, sir. I want, we're talking about the supernatural realm. And we got to remember that it exists. Sometimes it's hard to think that. Sometimes it's hard to remember that, that, that there really truly is a spiritual world. And right now, there's a battle going on in that world. A war is raging and it's the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. And just because we don't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Gravity, you can't see, but it's holding you in your chair. There is a war going on right now in the supernatural realm. And what's happening there impacts our lives right now. So in week one, we learned a little bit more about this battle. And we also learned that our battle is not against people. It's not against each other, y'all. We are fighting against powers and principalities of darkness. And Satan and his demonic forces are part of the kingdom of darkness. They are the kingdom of darkness. And then we learned how to fight back using God's armor. And then week two, I gave you a little bit of intel, a little bit more intel about the demons, Satan's army, and their tactics. And their end game. And their end game is to totally destroy you. They want to destroy anything and everything that matters to God. So the previous couple of weeks, we talked about that, the kingdom of darkness. But this week and next week, I'm going to wrap up this series and we're going to talk about the kingdom of light. Because through Jesus Christ, you are not powerless. You are not powerless against the kingdom of darkness. So we're going to talk about the kingdom of light. And today we're going to talk about angels. 
God's heavenly army, who they are and what they do. And as I talk about angels today, I want you to remember, I'm not talking about Satan and the rebellious angels that got thrown out of heaven with him. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God's heavenly army of angels that do his bidding. So before I start, let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence here. I thank you for who you are. God, I pray that you open up our minds and our hearts so that we can receive your word today, Lord, and that it changes us all from the inside out. And God, I pray specifically, you just take control of my mind, my will, my emotions, my vocal cords, the very breath in my lungs. Lord, I don't stand up here to try to say anything that you have not given me to speak. So Father, let my words be straight from you. Let them be encouraging and let me speak with your authority. Father, push me out of the way. I surrender to you. Have your way today in this place, in your house. And we thank you just for who you are and that you're always fighting for us. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, my mother-in-law, and God rest her soul, she's not with us anymore, but she used to collect angels. And I remember going to her house and she had all these little angel figurines and pictures of angels all over the house. And I remember one time she told me that she believed that angels were our guardians and they were our helpers. Well, I think a lot of us believe that from, for one time or another, right? We believe that we have guardian angels and, and that's not necessarily wrong. But I, what I want you to know today is that there's so much more to angels than just that. There's so much more to angels. I want to tell you some things today about God's angels, his heavenly army. And there's four things I want you to keep in mind as I'm talking. First thing is, angels are not human, and they never have been. In Genesis 2.1, it tells us that they were created in the beginning before God rested. They're not human. And even though you may have heard somebody tell you, like you lose a loved one. People said this to me when, when my mom died and my brother died. Oh, you have another angel in heaven. That may sound nice and it's a sweet thought, but that's not in the Bible, y'all. That's not in the Bible. There's number two thing I want you to know. There are bazillions of angels. Bazillions. Bazillions. I don't even know what that means, but Revelation 5.11 says that there are myriads of myriads of angels. A myriad is defined as a countless number. Like you don't even know how many it is. That's how many heavenly angels there are in God's army. The third thing is that angels are God's servants. They're supernatural beings. They're not human. They were created by God and for God's glory. And they do the will of God. They do everything he says to do. Period. The fourth thing. Angels are overwhelmingly powerful. Remember when Jesus rose from the tomb? What does the Bible say? It says one one angel by himself rolled that big old stone away. One. That's how powerful just one angel is. And can you imagine a bazillion of them? One other thing about angels. 
And I want you to remember, they can look like regular people. Hebrews 13.2 tells us that. It says, do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some people have actually entertained angels without even knowing it. Y'all, that's why you got to be nice to people. You can't be talking crazy to anybody and everybody. You got to be nice to people. We got to show love. We got to show compassion because you never know. You never know. There's a story in Genesis chapter 18 where Abraham, this is Abraham. He was just hanging out under a tree one day and these three guys just show up out of the blue and they're sitting there chatting it up. These three guys and Abraham. And you know, he tells Sarah, Hey, Hey babe, bring us some snacks. Make some of that good bread you make and bring it over here to me and the guys. You know how you do. Sometimes you, people come to your house, they come to visit, and you, you give them a little coffee, a little sweet bread, maybe some pan dulce when they come over. You know, your hospitality, right? Well, that's what happened. Abraham had these three guys come in. He's like, come on, man, make, bring some snacks over here for me and the guys. He thought they were just regular guys, y'all. He had no clue that those three men were angels of the Lord, and they were sent to him to give him a message. But the fact is, angels are spiritual beings. They may take the form of a regular human, a regular person looking like us, but they are spiritual beings and they have three basic characteristics that I want to share with you. First of all, they are worshipers. They are warriors and they are messengers. And I want to break them down. First characteristic of an angel or the angels is that they are worshipers. Remember, Angels were created by God and for his glory. So all throughout scripture, you see the angels worshiping God and worshiping Jesus. Hebrews 1, 6 tells us this. It says, and then when God presented his honored son to the world, he said, let all the angels of God worship him. And in Revelation 4, 8, it tells us that all day long, all night long, all the time, 24-7, the angels never stop worshiping God. And they're saying things like, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, who is, and is yet to come. And then Luke writes, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. Angels are worshipers, y'all. And another characteristic about the angels is that angels are warriors. Mighty warriors. Make no mistake. Those little chubby angels with the halos on. Little figurines like my mother-in-law used to have. That's not what they look like. They are not sitting around on clouds, playing harps, floating around, just chilling. No, 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 no. Angels are warriors. They are ferocious, fierce, mighty warriors under the command of a loving God. God Almighty. And you know why they're warriors? Because there's a battle going on in the spiritual realm. And God's angels are waging war against Satan and his demonic forces. God's angels are mighty warriors. Isaiah 37, 36 says this. 
the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. And when the people woke up the next day, all they saw were all these dead soldiers laying around. That's in the Bible. Just one, one of God's angels by himself killed 185,000 trained warriors. One angel. That is powerful, y'all. The angels of God are under his command and they're warriors. They're worshipers and they're also messengers. You know, it's interesting that the word angel, when it's translated from the Greek and the Hebrew, it actually means messenger. So it makes sense that all throughout the scripture, you see God sending angels to deliver a message to his people. And, you know, there's a story in Genesis chapter 16. Abraham's wife, Sarah, had a... um, she had this lady's maid or whatever you want to call it. He was actually, she was actually Abraham's concubine. Well, Sarah got jealous and got really mad at her, so she ran her off, right? Actually, Hagar ran off. She's like, I'm done with you, girl. You're crazy. And she ran off, right? Well, she's off out by herself in the wilderness, and God sent an angel to appear to her and to bring her a message. And then in Judges 6.12, there's another story about a man named Gideon. He was facing a mighty army. And God sent an angel to Gideon as well with a message. If you go to the New Testament, in Luke chapter 1, God sent an angel to deliver a message to Mary about the birth of her son, Jesus. Angels are messengers from God. They're worshipers, and they're also warriors. This is who God's angels are. So now I want to tell you what they do. Remember, they are under the command of God. They are in his army. So they do everything he says. They obey God. And one of the things that angels, God sends the angels to do is to give us direction when we need it. Angels give you direction. This is what happened with Joseph, the husband of Mary. When the angel of God, you know, he came and he visited Mary, right? And he told her the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to get pregnant. And you're going to have a son. Well, there's this one little thing. Mary was engaged to Joseph. And back then, being engaged was basically the same thing as being married without the whole consummation part. So when Mary came to Joseph and told him, hey, you know, I'm pregnant. You can only imagine how that conversation went. Think about it. <laughs> I bet you Joseph was like, girl, what, what are you telling me? Don't you coming up in here with all this mess. You don't lost your mind. And Mary's probably saying, no, no, it's true. It's really true. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He came. I got pregnant. I'm going to have a baby. The baby's going to be the savior of the world. And, you know, I feel sorry for Joseph. Joseph's a good, he was an honest man. He was probably thinking, all right, what am I going to do with this girl? How am I going to handle this? He just wanted to do the right thing, y'all. So I could see him saying, all right, look. We're just going to break this off. You go do you. I'm going to do me. Nobody's mad. We're just going to break it off. You go on, go on down the road. That's what he thought he was going to do. But that's not what God had planned. That's not God's plan. So before Joseph could blow the whole thing up, God sent an angel to give him direction. God sends angels to give us direction. Matthew 1.20 says, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife 
because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He gave him some direction. And there's another story in the Old Testament where God sent an angel with a message also. And actually, it's a really funny story when you think about it. It's in Numbers chapter 22, and there's this guy named Balaam. And he was kind of a prophet of sorts, but Balaam was on the take. In other words, he would say anything for a buck. Well, he was about to go do something that God did not send him to go do. So what happened? God sent an angel to redirect him. And it's really funny because I want you to go back and read it. I don't have time to read it, but I'm going to give you the story, just the cliff notes of it. So here's how the story goes. Balaam, he gets on his little donkey and he's trotting down the road, headed off to go do something God didn't want him to go do. And then all of a sudden, the donkey just starts veering off the path. Balaam's like, what is wrong with this? Bam, bam. He's hitting the donkey, hollering and screaming at the donkey. Get back, get right, get right. So the donkey gets back on the path. He's traveling down the road, carrying Balaam. And then again, the donkey kind of starts slowing down and he wedges himself between these two walls that are going down this path, this really narrow part of the path. And there's these two big walls and he kind of squeezes in there and smashes Balaam's foot against the wall. All right, so Balaam's really hot by then, right? So he says, okay. He starts hollering and screaming at this poor little donkey again. He's beating on him, pounding on him, saying who knows what to this poor donkey. He's like, get back. And so the donkey just like squeezes on through and keeps going. And then all of a sudden, the donkey just stops dead in his tracks. He lays down in the road and he just won't move. So Balaam gets down, starts beating on him again. This is the third time now that Balaam has beat this poor little donkey. And here's why. Here's what happened. The donkey saw something that Balaam didn't see with his natural eyes. You see, all along, the angel of God kept appearing and the donkey actually saw the angel. And that's what made the donkey finally just lay down the road and say, oh, no, nah, man, I ain't coming up against that. We're going to stop right here, right now. And the donkey was like, I can't move. I'm not moving. But Balaam didn't see the angel. Three times he's beating on this donkey. And God's watching this whole thing go down. He saw the whole thing. So he, <laughs> this is where it gets funny. He opens up the donkey's mouth. He opens up the donkey's mouth and the donkey starts talking to Balaam. Can you imagine? You know, we have this dog at home. She's psycho. Her name is Ruby and she's just, she's out of line all the time. She stays out of line. So we're always getting onto her. I don't know why this dog, she has a, she's a redheaded dog. So I don't know. I'm not talking about that, but anyway, she's just a little wild and we're always getting onto her. But what's crazy is that when we start getting onto Ruby, she actually barks at us. Like she's talking back to us. And I, Pastor Bob and I are always saying, I wonder what she's really saying. Well, that's what happened here in this story, except God opened the donkey's mouth and he could actually tell Balaam what was going on. I can't even imagine that. He tells Balaam something like this, dude, why are you acting like this? Why are you treating me like this? I'm your faithful donkey. I take you where you want to go. I carry all your stuff. Why are you acting like this? And then... Next thing that happens that's wild is God opens Balaam's eyes and he sees what the donkey saw. 
Balaam saw this giant, mighty, warrior-looking angel standing right there in the middle of the road with his sword drawn. And all he could do was fall on his knees and bow down before the angel of the Lord. And you know what the angel told Balaam? He said this. He said, Balaam, if you would have kept going forward, I was going to kill you. Balaam's disobedience to God almost got him killed. Let me ask you this. Has there ever been a time in your life when you just had to do something? You just had to do it. Even though you kept hitting roadblocks, you kept pushing on, pushing on, pushing on. You were praying, you were believing. Maybe even in your heart, you thought God told you to go do something, but you still kept hitting roadblocks. You're even asking God, why is this happening, God? Has that ever happened to anybody in here? Mm-hmm. Did you ever stop to think that maybe God sent an angel to get you back off the wrong path and get you right back on the right path? Maybe God was sending an angel to redirect you. I've been redirected before. And thank God that angels give us direction. Another thing they do is angels can protect you from danger. Now, before you start believing that I'm saying you got a guardian angel, that's not what I'm saying. That is not in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we have a guardian angel. But what the Bible does say is that we have angels, plural, myriads and myriads and myriads of angels that God can send to protect us. That's more than just one. I'd rather have more than just one. And you know what? Psalm 91 says this, for God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. They're protecting you. You know, recently Pastor Bob and I were talking about our childhoods and, you know, just how that was all so different. So very, very, very different. Pastor Bob grew up in sunny California. You know, it never rains in California. It's a song. Y'all won't get that. That's from the 70s. But anyway, he grew up in sunny California. He had a stay-at-home mom. His life was pretty regular, you know, just a normal, regular Monterey, California, sunny life, right? That's not my story. I was a feral child. My family is full of hunters and fishermen, and they regularly caught or shot what they were going to eat for dinner. So even though I grew up in a city, we spent a lot of time in the country, in the piney woods of East Texas. And if y'all don't know about the piney woods of East Texas, that's a very dangerous place for a child. They had all kinds of things out there. Big old red wasp. Poison ivy. He could tell you all about the poison ivy in East Texas. Poison ivy. Red wasp. I mean, there's poisonous snakes. My son-in-law can tell you. He was bit by a copperhead. Poisonous snakes in East Texas. But not only that, there are these things. They, they look so cute and furry. They're stinging asps. And they stick up under the leaf of a tree. And you just little kid climbing the tree. You don't even realize it. Before you know it, you're in the ER because it bit you or whatever it does. It's a dangerous place for kids. And you know, I was a feral child, but my brother was even more feral. And I can't tell you how many times I got shot with a BB gun or a pellet rifle. 
I remember this one time <laughs> we used to play in the ditches. We used to hunt for crawdads in the ditches, right? One time he comes in the house. We had just got out of the ditch. I don't know. My mom yelled at us to get out of the ditch or something. We just came in. He comes in the house and he has a water moccasin in his hand that he had just killed with his BB gun from the ditch. We were just playing in y'all. My point in all that is that I know for a fact throughout my entire life, God's angels have been protecting me. There's another story in the New Testament. It's in the book of Acts. And it talks about how God sent his angels to protect Peter when he was in prison. Now, if you remember at that time, people were killing the Christians. They were called the way. And people were killing them. If they even thought you were a follower of Jesus, you were on their execution list. Well, Peter had been out actually preaching, preaching the message of Jesus Christ. And he got locked up. So he's in jail and he's waiting for Herod to sentence him. And we know it was going to be a death sentence because that's what they were doing, right? And this is what the Bible said while he was waiting in jail to be sentenced to death. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 10. This is what it says. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound in chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. That's a lot of armory. That's a lot of chains. That's a lot of guarding. Then suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. The angel struck Peter on the side and woke him up. This angel punched Peter. Get up. Get up. And then the chains fell off of Peter's wrist and the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Y'all, Peter thought he was still dreaming. And it says, Peter followed him out. They passed the first guard, the second guard, and came to an iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, they went one block, the angel left them suddenly. And then Peter said to himself, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. That's an amazing story, right? Peter didn't even know what was going on. He didn't even, it says he didn't even know what was going on. He wasn't even sure if this was really happening. But look how faithful God is. He sent an angel to protect Peter from being killed. Look back over your life, y'all. Because I almost tell you, when you look back over your life, I'm pretty sure you can trace back to a story that you too were protected by the angels of the Lord. Angels protect you. They direct you. And the other thing they do is angels minister to you. They minister to you. Hebrews 1, 4 says this. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? Angels are ministering spirits. The Bible says that. And God sends them when we need them. You know, there was a time when Jesus needed some ministering. He had just come out of a 40-day fast. He was out in the desert. And Satan came to tempt him, right? And not only did he come once, the devil came at Jesus three times. Three times. And of course, Jesus defeated him, but there was a 
battle going on, a ferocious battle. And when it was all over, Jesus was not just hungry. He was tired and he was spiritually exhausted. So what did God do? Matthew 4.11 tells us that God sent angels to minister to Jesus. There was another time that an angel ministered to him as well. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was before he was going to face that horrible, torturous death on the cross. And God sent an angel to minister to Jesus. Because Jesus had been praying. He had been praying so fervently, so, so deeply that he was actually agonizingly sweating drops of blood. And he was praying to God. But see, here's the thing. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew what he was about to do. He knew that he was about to take on every evil, horrific thing in the world done to people and done by people. Jesus knew he was about to take on the punishment for that. And he was agonizingly praying to his father. He said very clearly, Father, if there's any other way, any way at all, please take this cup of suffering from me. And this is what happened. Luke twenty-two forty-three says that an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. He ministered to him. The angel of God strengthened Jesus in a very, very dark moment. And Jesus was able to go on and say these very powerful words. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Angels minister to us, y'all. And I want you to think about it. Just just one more time. Think, Think about this. Has there ever been a time in your life when you truly believe you were doing what God called you to do and you were, you were meeting just pushback, but you knew this is what God told you to do. And you were praying and you were believing and you'd been very faithful and you just get weary. You just get tired y'all. Things aren't happening the way you thought they were going to happen. And you're just tired, like almost ready to give up. Friends, don't give up. Don't give up. God will send an angel to strengthen you, to help you keep going. You know, and maybe right now you're facing some same old temptation and you keep pushing back and you're trying to beat it and and you just can't. It just keeps happening. You just can't stop and you think, man, I'm never going to be able to kick this. Let me encourage you. Don't give up. God can send you an angel to give you strength and hope. Just stay in the fight. You know, one of the devil's tricks is to make us think we're all alone. We're the only one going through something. Nobody else is struggling with what you're struggling with, but that's not true. Let me tell you how come I know that's not true. Last Sunday, I was standing down here and I was worshiping. And all of a sudden, I wanted to throw up. I got weak. My, I was starting to feel a little dizzy. And, you know, I, I normally get a little nervous before I'm going to go up here and talk to people. But this was different. This was like almost paralyzing me in my spot. And I believe an angel thumped me on the head and said, hey, hold up. You know what's going on here? I was about to preach on strategic warfare. And that was an attack. 
I told you guys, there is a battle going on right now in the spiritual realm. And they sucked me into it while I was standing there trying to worship the Lord. And I just, I realized it. Thank you, God. He opened my eyes and I just started singing louder. I can't sing y'all, but I was singing louder. And I was, I was speaking God's word over the situation. I was saying, God, you are holy. You are mighty. You are the God almighty. You can't think of anything to say. Just say that. Because let me tell you something. When you say that kind of stuff about God, it makes the devil mad. Like mad. He can't stand us to praise the Lord. Praise God. If you're going through something and you can't pray, just start praising God. God, you're holy. You're mighty. You are the one true God. You're the creator of the universe. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. I know you're going to get me out of this. That's what I did. And then I remembered a scripture that is really powerful. Psalm 103, 20. I want you guys to write this down. Don't ever forget this scripture. It says, the angels rally to obey God's word. So I started saying, thank you, Lord, that your angels have charge over me. They're taking care of me. You put a word in my mouth and you're going to help me speak it. You're going to give me what I need. I started saying this right down there. Y'all didn't know I was doing that, but I was doing it on the DL. Because I knew I was being attacked. You're not alone. You're not the only one that's facing this. So don't believe the devil when he tells you, oh, you're the only one. You're real jacked up. It's just you. No, you're not. That's the enemy lying to you. Remember I told y'all, every single thing that comes out of his mouth is what? It's a lie. There's nothing true about it. You are not alone in this fight. God gave us warrior angels and they're fighting for you and they're fighting with you. Don't give up. You have the word of God as your sword. That is part of your weaponry. Get you some battle scriptures. Psalm 103.20 says that angels rally to obey God's word. So when you speak God's word over your situation, this is what's happening in the spiritual realm. The angels are saying, wait, wait, did you hear what she just said? Did you hear him say that no weapon formed against him is going to prosper? Come on, guys, let's go make sure this weapon don't work. That's what's going on in the spiritual realm. God's angels are sent to minister to us in our times of need. says so you need to know what it says guys get you some battle scriptures because when you speak God's word over your situation and I'm not talking about whispering it even if that's all you can do that's cool too but speak it out loud because there's three things that are going to happen number one you're encouraged number two the devil's reminded and number three the angels rally You're encouraged because God's word is alive and it is truth. And the devil is reminded that he's defeated. He's defeated. And the angels, they start strapping up and rolling out to battle on your behalf. There is a spiritual realm and war is raging there. It's the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. There's an army of demonic forces fighting against God's heavenly army 
his angels. angels are bigger and they're stronger and there's way more of them and they're with you guys they're protecting you they're fighting for you and they're bringing you whatever you need straight from the throne of God stay in the fight y'all stay in the fight let me pray for us Stand this. 